This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Blaine Fowler. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, June 27th. Wherever and however you're connected, always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who I'm pretty sure would last longer than 45 seconds, but at least 45 seconds in the MMA octagon with Andrew Mickelson. His name is Blaine Fowler. And and by the way, did you see some video of that fight? Andrew Mickelson, former BYU kicker. A kicker, people. Yeah. A kicker. <laughs> like how you say, a kicker for Pete's sakes. Yeah, like he was phenomenal. And, and I was talking to Gavin about it this morning. He says, yeah, I think it's his fourth fight. And he thinks he's 3-1 and one now. And he just keeps getting better every fight. But, but to answer your question, like to comment on that, like I definitely would last longer than that because <laughs> for the first round, I would use my old man strength. So, and everybody knows you have, like, people have old man strength. That's a real thing. That's a thing. That's a real thing. That young guys, they just can't deal with it. It kind of gets in their head. It's almost like brain power because you have old man strength, right? So I would use old man strength in the first round. I would just hold on to him in the clenches. (laughs) So he wouldn't be able to. Then he would try to, he'd figure out in the second round how to get away from me. Then I would run around because I would use my quickness and my savvy so he couldn't get a a hand on me in the second round. So I would make it at least to the third third round. And then here's the thing. Do we not have I not established that I can take a punch? I mean, can can we see this? Can you zoom in on that? No, because it's fixed. But this this nose right here. Do we remember? Look at this gash in my nose right here. <laughs> or, thank you for that. Do you, you remember, I remember when I came on with you and Jerem? I, I came on with Spencer and Jerem. Um, thanks for zooming in on that. It was an excellent job. That's life. I did not go down. When that giant glass door hit me at full swing, I saw stars, <laughs> but I stayed on my feet. You can't knock me out. You can take a punch. Oh, I can take a punch. This is proof of it. Even in my old man age, I can still take a punch. So Andrew's not knocking me out. You heard it here first. Fowler and Mickelson, part one. Yeah, but hey, I'm hey, I'm proud of Andrew. He like I know him well. Um, you know, Gavin coached him uh at, at BYU. And you see the physical shape that this dude is in. I it's mean, incredible. He, it's he, incredible. He looked amazing. He is he is very, very much in shape. So yeah, I would last longer than Yeah, I have two I, favorite I, I parts. Two favorite parts of this. One we've already addressed well. It's a kicker. Right. It's a kicker, people. <laughs> like, he's breaking the mold. Okay? And then Pat McAfee, host of the Pat McAfee Show, former fantastic punter for the Indianapolis Colts, huge personality, quote tweeted Andrew Mickelson's fight and said, hashtag for the brand. Yes, it's all about the kickers. That's right. Toughening up the idea of what a kicker and a punter is. And have, if, if those of you that haven't seen BYU specialist right now, oh my goodness. Punter and kicker. Jake Oldroyd, Ryan Rico. The, Ryan could start at outside linebacker. Some He's dudes. about 240 and jacked. And Jake <laughs> Oldroyd could start at, at strong safety. They're not your typical kickers. BYU's, I'm going for BYU with the most physical, toughest kickers and punters in the country. There you go. Breaking the mold. For the brand. It's all for you, Pat McAfee. Hey, we've got a knockout show lineup in store for you to begin the week, including the area where BYU football will improve the most in 2022. I know you know 
The Cougars were pretty darn good in 2021, but they'll significantly improve in at least one area we'll discuss. One of the all-time great defensive linemen, a sack machine. Jan Jorgensen is back on the BYU football staff. He joins us live where he plans to help the Cougars improve dramatically. Plus some basketball blockbusters this summer with Jimmer and Alex Barcelo. But first, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Let's start with uh, BYU football announcing four new hires. Pat Hickman is a new director of recruiting back at BYU. A new old hire. That's right, Jan Jorgensen. He's kind of a new old hire. He was here as a GA. He's, he's now as a senior defensive analyst. Christina Roberts has been named the executive assistant to the head coach. We'll work directly with Kalani Satake. And Anna Lamb, who has been working in the office, has now been given the title of office manager. She'll run all office functions there at BYU. So uh, th this brings the total to, I think, 41 yeah. staff and, and, and uh, at BYU football. This yeah. is a huge increase over the yeah, last in, year. Yeah, in terms of numbers, the, the staff is looking pretty healthy. How about two Cougars in Pro Football Network's 2023 mock draft? Yes, there's always time for a mock draft, including Jaron Hall, who is projected by PFF, or sorry, Pro Football Network, as the first round, 31st overall pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ahead of offensive lineman Blake Freeland. We haven't seen a lot of this. Freeland projected to go in the second round, 64th overall to the Buffalo Bills. Typically, we've seen Blake go in the first round, and it's Jaron that's sliding to the second or third round. Pro Football Network has uh, that going the opposite way. I'm going way out on a limb right here, and I'm telling you, the, the only if, if they both stay relatively healthy next year, they're both going in the first round. Wow. That's my prediction. Those okay. are two first-round draft picks next year. Mark it. I said it here. Yeah, yeah when's the last time we had two first-round draft picks? It's been a while. Holy so there cow. you go. Hey, in basketball, uh, Alex Barcelo, Yoli Childs signed NBA Summer League contracts. Alex with the Toronto Raptors, Yoli Childs with Utah Jazz. NBA Summer League begins July 7th and goes through the 15th. Uh, Eric Mika has also been named to the Team USA Men's World Cup qualifying team, and they play Puerto Rico and Cuba this upcoming weekend. So three former Cougs uh, suiting it up during summer Let's go. for basketball. There you go. How about this? Dallin Schertz and Courtney Wayman, both representing BYU track and field, both take second in the United States track and field outdoor national championships. Schertz with a new personal best, 62.32 meters in the javelin, sixth best all time at BYU. Courtney Wayman runs a 9.12 in the steeplechase, four seconds faster than her last personal record at the NCAA title, earns her a spot in the United States World Championship team. She's got a new brand. She's working with On Cloud. Yeah, life is good for Courtney what, Williams. What can she not do? Like, hey, can we please point out too that she's a Davis High alum? Because, because Davis High—that's where all my kids went to school <laughs> and ran track, by the way. But Courtney represented Davis High here in Utah, so she's a Utah athlete through and through. Davis High School up to BYU. Here's the thing that blows me away about Courtney: she goes out and shatters the NCAA record a couple weeks ago by eight seconds, and all she does is come back and break it by four again this week. She is ridiculous right now. Amazing. Hey, on to BYU baseball. Uh, Brent Harding promoted to assistant head coach. He spent the last eight years as an assistant coach and recruiting coordinator on the staff here at BYU. He's also the head coach of the American Samoa National Baseball Team, which is a whole story we'll have to get in sometime, but it's a really, really cool deal. His wife is of uh, Samoan heritage. And then uh, most importantly, he's one of my gym buddies and an all-around. Oh, player. Brent Herring is one of your gym buddies? Yep, yep. Brent's always in the gym. He's a good dude. We Listen. always, you know what we talk every time we get together though? BYU football. 
That's what we talk. Why, why not? <laughs> Congratulations to Brent Herring. Well-deserved honor on that BYU baseball staff. Michaela Clough competing for the United States women's under-23 soccer team. Helped the U.S. beat India 4-1. Ashley Hatch on the United States senior women's national team started at center forward. How wild is that? Wild. United States beat Colombia 3-0. They'll play again. And then how about this? Laveni and Daviana Vaca, still with BYU football, will travel to Fiji on July 10th to compete with the Tongan women's national team in the OFC Women's Nations Cup, which could earn them a spot in the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. Very that cool. is so cool. Very, very cool. Laveni and Daviana Vaca. Yeah. And then and Violet Zavodnik, I'm getting that right, right? Yep. Yeah, Violet Zavodnik, D1 softball, ranked Violet, the 44th best softball player from the 2022 season, so top 50 player in the country. She was named to the All-WCC team this past season. Should have been the player of the year. Yeah, she had, yeah I agree with that 100%. She had a batting average of 399 <laughs> this past season and was a terror at the plate. So much for the slow summer, right? All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. We are all feeling really, really good about where BYU football stands, especially after media day at the midway point of last week. Yes, emotions are high, expectations are super high, but that has not prevented us from looking at where this BYU team, which was so good in 2021, can certainly improve in 2022. So Blaine, for you, coming off of Media Day and hearing all of the coaches and the star players talk about what they're bringing back, which area do you see BYU football improving in the most from 2021 to 2022? It's interesting because everybody comes in there and whether you're from outside the program uh, and just watch it from a distance or you're immediate, whatever, everybody says, man, BYU's offense, this should be a top five offense next year. Look at this offensive line. They've got a, a quarterback coming back that's a, a draftable guy and this a great transfer and a running back, and they were loaded at wide receiver. That's been the given, right? To me, the, what's kind of behind the scenes is that the talent – that's been added to the defensive line. And the guys that were nicked up last year that are back at full strength this year, I feel like that defensive line is going to go from an area where people were going, man, do they have enough depth? How are they doing? Yeah. To to a position group that people are going to go, wow, BYU's loaded on the defensive line, just like they are on the offensive line, a little bit younger maybe. But I think that that's the area of improvement we're going to, we're going to see the most. And and Kalani, I got to spend quite a bit of time with him at, at Media Day, and he seems quietly confident about how this defense is going to perform and really feels good about the personnel they have in that defensive line. He mentioned um, to me, you know, the defenses, he said, the defenses that I've been involved in have been really, really good, have been able to pressure the quarterback with, with four down linemen yeah. and not have to blitz to pressure the quarterback. Then when you do blitz, um, it's, it, it adds even more. Then you get to the quarterback and you get home and you cause all kinds of havoc. But the, the teams that he feels like have been his best defenses can control the line of scrimmage with four and get to the quarterback without having to dial up blitzes. Yeah. And and I said, so does it, is the, are you telling me that you think that this year this is a team that you can do that with? And he goes, yeah, I feel really, really good about this defensive line. So that's what I'm thinking. Well, I, let me specify something along with what you're saying about the defensive line, because I feel like BYU will improve the most, yes, up front, and certainly the defensive line is going to be a huge part of where I think they'll improve, and that is stopping the run, Blaine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Elisa Tuiaki came on here last week and said, look, 
I know you get tired of hearing me talk about it, but everybody wants sacks, everybody wants turnovers. We're going to win more games and be more dominant if we can stop the run. Because if you look at the three games that BYU lost last year, what could they not do, Blaine? They couldn't stop the run against Baylor. They couldn't surprisingly stop the run against a banged-up Boise State team. Right. And they couldn't stop the run against UAB in the bowl game. Yeah, and, and I think some of that has to do with personnel, right? Um, and they, they got to the point in that season where they were so beat up at linebacker. And linebackers, you know, defensive linemen, um, we, we, we talk about this group that's back and, and Batty and Summers and Hawes and Earl Tuyote Mariner. And to go along with them, you got some of the young guys that played a bunch last year, Blake Mangelson, John Nelson. These guys are all bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, you know, a, a year back, Fisher Jackson's going to show up on the scene this this year. Alden Tofa is going to get playing time uh, uh, this year. It's it's just there's just so many guys um, now that they can throw in there. And when you look at them, they're all 15 to 20 pounds heavier, yep. but leaner, healthy. They're healthy. Um, they're ready to go. I think Batty's poised to have a big-time breakout season, keep him healthy all season. If they can stay relatively healthy and yeah. they can rotate some of that depth through there, all of a sudden they can they control it. But those guys are block eaters up front, and linebackers roam to the football and make a lot of tackles. You funnel a lot of things by design to backers. And BYU had just so many injuries down the stretch at yes. the linebacker position. I think that that was part of it. Certainly, certainly. So, so. getting healthy – will undoubtedly help BYU be better in stopping the run with those linebackers coming up and the defensive front, uh, the guys in the trenches up front more healthy. BYU was giving up by the numbers, okay, and they were 75th out of 130 teams in Division I college football last year in stopping the run, okay? So back half. Mm -hmm. This is a team that went 10-3, and three, Blaine, and went 6-1 and one against the Power Fives and were in the back half of stopping the run by the numbers at the season's end. They were number 75. 163 and a half yards per game on the ground. If they can just push that number up, and I'm not asking for anything like, you know, astronomical, but if they can hold teams to under, let's say, 140, about 135, that would put BYU around the top 30 That's run defenses. Yeah. That's all they okay? need, right? Be in the top 30, top 35, like you're going to win a game or two more. If BYU is able to do that against Boise State or UAB or Baylor, they probably win one of those games. I, I think it's interesting because um, my old my old roommate and, and teammate Kyle Whittingham, um, he always would say, "You got to stop the run." They were playing Washington State one year, Utah was, and he goes, "Well, first thing we got to do is stop the run." I was like, "Kyle, but they don't even want to run." He goes, "Doesn't matter. If if you make it so when it's third and one, they can't get a first. If they can't run it when they get down inside the ten yard line, they cannot beat us. They may move the football throwing it, but if they can't run it at all on us, they can't beat us. Yes, even a throwing team." Kalani has that same philosophy, and so and so does Elisa Tuiaki. So let's see. I, I agree with you. That's a big factor. Can that D-line show up and help control the line of scrimmage and they stop the run this Yes, shot? go from 163 a game to 135-ish. Yep. Yeah, I know it sounds like trivial. It's a, but big, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big difference. Because the offense that is going to show up. And BYU so. is going to be a top-half defense, and the offense we think is yep. going to be dynamite. Yep. So uh, We'll start to get some answers about where BYU will improve the most in how many days? Countdown to the Bulls. 68 days. 68 days away. BYU at USF in Tampa, Florida. I need to I need to figure out, like, you and I need to practice so I can harmonize with you on that. Mm -hmm. Because we just kind of do the same. Yeah, no. You and you're the guy that can do that, right? So we're gonna do this. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get better than this at this. Our question of the day: where will BYU football improve the most from last season to this year? 
Blaine thinks it's on the defensive line overall. I say it's stopping the run. What do you think? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Cougar Stats on Twitter answers, the most improvement is likely to come from the area which has the most room for improvement. Last year, BYU was 106 in third down conversion defense, 108 in fourth down conversion defense. I like that. Yeah, and that's, you. What we always talk about, you got to get off the field. You know, Kalani talks about that. We just couldn't get off the field because they couldn't stop people on third down and on fourth down. That's huge. I love that. Especially on third and day. fourth and yeah. short. Yep. You so. shore up the trenches. Get off the field. Absolutely. Love that. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, who will be the first Cougar off the board in the 2023 NFL Draft? And guess who's back? The Janimal. Jan Jorgensen, sack machine, superstar, back in Studio B, where he thinks BYU football is going to improve the most from one year to the next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get all the interviews by subscribing. And you subscribe to and you share the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. So get on there and and, uh, look at that YouTube channel. We'll have clips and things on there all the time, right? Indeed. And we're live, too, like right now like, in Studio B. So you, you yeah. can enjoy it live. You can enjoy so, so, it on demand. So can you watch it live on the YouTube channel then? I, I'm not sure. Or if does we, it just redo on the YouTube channel? I, I believe it's just on demand on YouTube. On, on demand. Yeah. It's still huge. clips. But so, there are other places hey, you can watch, watch. Watch us live. Stream live. us live. <laughs> do, if you can't do it live, do it afterwards. There's like 47 other places you can watch live. Just, just find it and just watch it. He is Blaine Fowler. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. We are thrilled to welcome back to Studio B, to BYU TV, and to BYU football on that staff, Jan Jorgensen, the sack machine, the Janimal, back as a defensive football analyst. You're back on staff, man. We couldn't be more thrilled about it. Welcome back. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, it, the road getting back has been it's been fun. It's been a cool um, journey, and but I'm I'm definitely very happy to be back here. So, so people recognize you from from your playing days, and mm-hmm. they know your prowess, your sack prowess, and the great contributions made in the field. But a lot of folks aren't familiar with the path that that brought you because you actually mm-hmm. started as a high school football coach, mm-hmm. and then we're here as a GA. So, so take people from. From from starting as a high school coach when you get out of here to, to where you're back here now, I think they'd be interested in that journey. Yeah, so when I got done, um, I did a number of different things, and you know, I did some did some work for you guys here. I was gonna say, including working including, for BYU TV, including right. sitting at the, one of these, and you know, doing some work on TV. And they told me I was too ugly to be on TV, so <laughs> I left. Um, That's not true, people. How, like, how would I make it with this nose? <laughs> this handsome this man? Nose. Are you kidding me? So this isn't true. So. I did that. I was fighting. I was doing MMA. Uh, I was kind of pr- pursuing a professional career there. And, I, you know, when I got done playing, I had two dreams. Um, one was to make it to the UFC. The other one was to coach college football. And um, it kind of it came to a point where I had to choose. I wouldn't be able to do both. Um, so I decided to get into coaching, and I took a head job at my old high school at Carbon High. And and coach there for a year and go dinos go dinos right 
Um, and there it just became very apparent that I wanted to coach at a high level. Um, and so left there, was a GA um, under Bronco and his staff in 15. And then Kalani's staff came in at 16 and uh, stayed with them in 16 and 17. And I left and I was a defensive coordinator at Orange Coast College. Uh, junior college out in California for a year and then from there went, have been at snow for the last three years as a defensive coordinator and then got the opportunity to come here. Wow. When did the opportunity to come back to BYU pop up on the radar? So um, I had some opportunities other places um, that were kind of popping up and um, getting my name you know in the mix for different jobs and so I, when that was happening, I, in the, I knew that, you know, BYU was a place that I would love to be if I were going to move up and get, take a, take a, a I don't want to say a better job, but like a bigger job, I guess you could say. Um, and so I, you know, called up Elisa and he, and just kind of told him like, Hey, these, I'm kind of in the mix with these, but I mean, I'd love to be, I'd love to be with you guys and so that got the ball rolling and then it just kind of you know kept going and slowly gained more momentum and then you know I ended up here and and this is a perfect timing right Jan as these things are falling into place for you BYU's expanding what they're doing as they move mm -hmm. into the Big 12 first of all P5 program mm -hmm. that hopefully comes with P5 pay for everybody eventually right but more positions mm -hmm. and, and you come into a senior analyst position now um, that that's one that's added onto the program. Talk to us about what a senior analyst does. What does an analyst do? What's their role? And what, what can you do? What can't you do as an analyst? So we analyze numbers. No, I'm just joking. Um, that's what Spencer does. Spencer's an analyst then. Um, it, it can mean anything, to be honest with you. It's kind of become a... Um, a job title that is normal in college football, but it really is whatever the staff wants you to do. You could be calling plays if you were an analyst at Alabama, like Steve Sarkeesian, you right? Could be, yes. Wait, are they? I don't think is that is. Are they paying you seven hundred fifty thousand, like Steve Sarkeesian yeah, got to I mean, be an analyst? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that either. But no, whatever, that's a discussion well, for like, another day. Like, like Jan knows that behind the scenes, everybody there's new rules about analysts. Yep, and and. Everybody behind the scenes calls them the Steve Sarkeesian rules mm -hmm. because what what Bama did, they hired him and he basically was calling the plays. And they said that's a little <laughs> bit of a reach for what we thought that job should be. Yeah. So now there's there's kind of some guidelines around it, but there is talk about loosening that up on the NCAA level and letting the analysts do do more. So that job's going to morph as they go sure. into, into the mm -hmm. Big 12. Sure. I'm certain you're going to be involved in a big way on the defensive side of the ball as a defensive analyst. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what contributions um, – do you feel like you can bring and help this defense with? Because we all believe defense is a place where they can make some strides this season. Where do you fit into that? You know, I uh, that's also a really good question. And I, I feel like I can fit in a number of places. Um, it's just where they decide to use me. Um, you know, I, just from my playing career, playing defensive line, playing defensive end, and I feel like I could, you know, go and help in terms of technique and talking pass rush and, um, just things like that. I also have been working with linebackers for the last four years, you know, or actually longer than the last four years, ever since I started here. So it's been seven years. Um, so I could, you know, help out there. So it just kind of depends. I, I feel like I've, you know, gained enough knowledge and gained enough um, 
respect that I could I could help at a at a number of positions and and hopefully you know just make these guys better. Where did you grow the most in your journeys through all of these different coaching oh, ventures? Man. From day one of being, you know, a high school coach and then a grad assistant to where you are now, where have you grown the most as a coach? So when you leave and you go, you, you do your graduate assistant thing and you're you're kind of like, in a lot of ways, you're an intern. You do get, get to do some coaching and you do get to do things as a coach, but you really spend your time really just learning the game of football. And... Everybody thinks that they know football, but when you get into it, you really learn it at a very deep level. And so after doing that and then just going out and doing it on my own as a coordinator, you go from, you know, to being a GA to like having my full side of the ball. And I'm the one uh, putting everything together strategically. I'm having to manage my staff. I'm having to manage the kids. I'm um, so I, I grew a lot in these last four years being away, having to just do things on my own, you know, and being a coach, the different positions that I've coached and be able to, to just have the pressure of making your own decisions and having everything be on your shoulders. So over these last four years, I've, I've grown a ton as a coach and I don't think there's any other way to do it. You, you just got to get out and you got to get your feet wet and you got to, got to go and coach. And I, and I've, I've really enjoyed the process and looking from where I was when I first left to where I am now is it's huge difference. So what I'm gathering from that is your ability to tap dance in the moment and adjust on the fly and understand that's, it just. There's no other way to do it. You have no. to do it. Great tap, tap dancer. Great tap dancer. <laughs> Let's go. Do, yeah. do you have, Jan, has there been a coach or two along the way that you look to as a mentor that you're like, oh, man, as I get opportunities, I want to do it that way, or, or somebody that you, you pick their brain to, to help you? I try to do that a lot. Um, any chance I get to talk, coaches probably get bugged by me because whenever I get a chance to talk to a coach that – um, I feel like I can learn something from. I'm wanting to pick their brain, and I'm wanting to really learn from them. And, I, I mean, the guys here have been awesome. That I, I worked with this whole defensive staff before, so I've stayed in good contact with all of them. They've been great. Um, and then the other staff, I mean, one a couple of my good friends and Kelly Papinga, um, he's a guy I talk to a lot and bounce ideas off of. Um, Shane Hunter, um, you know, just those guys that I've gained those relationships from. But you, you kind of learn what I really learned when I first went out to be a coordinator. You know, you try to, I guess, model yourself after certain people uh, and guys that you've played for, or coached for, and who had success. And I, I learned real fast that I just had to be me. Right. Like I had my own personality, my own way of coaching, my own way of doing things. And for me to believe in what I was doing, mm. I just had to be me. And so, yeah, there's guys I bounce ideas and learn from and, uh, you know, strategically. And um, but in terms of where I'm at, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm I've modeled myself after anybody. I'm I'm just I'm just Jan. Former BYU football defensive lineman, standout sack master. I mean, We'll call you whatever you want. Right now you're a defensive analyst. Jen, you tell us what you want us to call you. We'll call you that. You call me whatever you want to call me. I don't I don't really care. Outstanding tap dancer. We'll call you uh -huh. coach. So I know you haven't been here long yet, Jan, but you've watched this this program, and now you've had a chance to look at film and do some things. Um, where can this team improve from last year? Yeah, I think that they, uh, if we're talking, I mean, defense is where I'm 
where I'm at, so I'll I'll stick to that. But I I think that there's a lot of areas that they can improve. Um, I know that um, we've brought in some um, some really good guys in the secondary. I think you're going to see us be a little bit more aggressive in the secondary and be able to do some things there because of the skill that we've we have. And I think. The linebacker core is is really really good. I think that there's a lot of experience on the D line, which is awesome. And I think with with that with that experience and those guys, you know, just another year and doing it, that they're going to get better in all facets and everywhere. And you know, I heard you guys talking about third down and fourth down as we were as you were going to break, and I, I think that's huge. I think you have to get we have to get better there. Um, to me, when I as a coordinator, when I was coordinating it, it snow and everything, the third down was the most important down. That you, I know there's, there's a you, you know, you have one through four, but the most important one is is third. And so I, you got to get off the field. You got to get your offense back on the field because that's who scores your points. And so I feel like that is definitely an area that will improve. Certainly. And BYU had some long, sustained drives put up against them, especially in those losses. And Blaine and I were mm-hmm. talking earlier. I feel strongly like you stop the run. You just get. You're going to help your team get off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it needs to be a drastic change in terms of a season average. We're talking like BYU was 75th in stopping the run last year. They'd be a top 40 team in stopping the run. I think that would make a huge difference. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, what what's the key there? Like, how how do you get better other than just having healthy guys and more depth up front to stopping the run? Yeah, so that's a really good question. It's it's number one. It's your commitment to it, which I know that um, this defensive staff has a huge commitment to stopping the run. Uh, just the whole design of the defense is is designed around stopping the run. So it's there. Um, I think the injuries played a huge part of it last year. Is You mentioned the Baylor game. That's where it really kind of became big. And that's when the guy when the defense started to be depleted and I think that well it'll help because we're getting depth moving to the big 12 you're getting depth and everywhere so if you have guys go down you're going to have guys who are almost as good you know going right going in there where you're not going to have as big a drop off so that'll be big and then I mean it's just it's just playing assignment physical football right stopping the run you've got to uh, up front you have to be physical you've got to not get driven back you have to control offensive linemen up front and then linebackers have to you know know their uh, know what their gaps are and be able to come downhill and and make tackles it's it sounds very simple and it is it is very simple to in when you're talking about it, but actually doing it is a little mm. bit different. And like I said, these guys are, um, they have the experience. They're going to be um, better uh, just based off that. They're having healthy off seasons, which is really good. So they're going to get bigger and stronger and you're going to see, you're going to see a big difference. And they got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've talked about this, Jan. I don't care if you're Oklahoma or Ohio State and who you are. You lose the equivalent of Keenan Peely, Peyton Wilgar, Chaz Ayu, Max Tooley, and have batting nicked up. Mm-hmm. Off of anybody's defense, they're going to drop, yep. especially playing Baylor. And they pushed a lot of people around. So healthy guys with an attitude. I love it. So but before before we let you go, we got to ask you, because <laughs> I know you watched this. I was there. Oh, I you were there. at it. So, so c- can you take Andrew Mickelson in there? You could take Andrew, right? Would you just, you would just knock him out so fast he wouldn't know what happened? There's, there's, there's a reason that there's weight classes. I'll just, I'll just say that. 
that. But Andrew looked awesome. I was very impressed by what he did. Uh, with is, it being his fourth it's amateur his fourth fight. fight, right? Yeah, his fourth amazing, amateur right? fight, and he looked calm, and he went out there and executed. He was quick, and his hands looked really sharp. I was I was extremely impressed. Yeah, he was good. Kicker's got a kick, right, baby? Yeah, for what it's worth, Jan looks like he could step he into could, the octagon right now. He could step right in now. right now, no problem. <laughs> yes, and so. Kicker's got a kick. Kicker's got a kick, and Andrew kicked the heck out of that guy. So. Jan, great to have you Thanks back, man. Thanks for coming on We'll have you sign our Sailor Kook flag uh, on your way out, man. We need your signature because you're back. Of course. Yep, yep. We appreciate it. Hey, coming up, uh, why are these staff additions for BYU football important to improving the program? Well, I think Jan has evidence why it's important. You're starting to hear it and see it and are you going to spend more hoops time this summer with the nba summer league or the basketball tournament some more football talk as well Mm -hmm. this is byu sports nation byu sports nation is brought to you by marist enabling global trade for a growing world this is byu sports nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok now. Yep. Every time every time I come on the show with you, we have another thing. Now we got TikTok, huh? You got your TikTok thing going, right? I, I do Twitch. <laughs> That's right. You're on Twitch. You got to get in the TikTok realm. I know. I don't do the TikTok thing. <laughs> I don't do the TikTok thing. Yes, he is Blaine Fowler. Not a TikToker yet. I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. So, let's start with this. Let's if do you it. If you had to say right now, huh? who do you have as the first BYU Cougar drafted in the 2023 NFL Draft? Is it Jaron Hall? Is it Blake Freeland? Is there somebody that we're not talking about? Who's the first mm. Cougar drafted in next year's draft? We're certainly talking about everybody that's capable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Blake Freeland for me. Uh, right now, it, and it's only because it's kind of a loaded quarterback draft. Like, I think Jaron's going to be the fifth or sixth quarterback taken, and he still might go in the first round, late in the first right, round. Right, right. It's, that's kind of how I feel like the draft is pacing for 2023. But every NFL team just wants a beast up front. And one that doesn't give up quarterback sacks. And one that can protect on the blind side. And that is Blake Freeland. He, he's a monster. He's a dude that can have a 12 to 14 year NFL career. He's super athletic. Comes from an incredible athletic bloodline between his dad, Jim, and his mom, Debbie. Like NFL teams know what he is. He's going first, Blaine. Yeah, he, he's the real deal. I, I'm going to agree with you here. And I'm, I still think that Jaron Hall is going to be a first round draft pick. I said it earlier. I think BYU's going to have two first-round draft picks this year. When's the last time? Like, I, 87. So 87. Is that when uh, um, Jason Buck and Sean Knight both went in first so. round as I defense so. linemen yes. to, to, uh, um, to the Saints and the Bengals? It's been 35 yeah. years. 35 years since BYU had two first-round draft and, picks. And they were on the defensive side. Two offensive players. Like, so, so I'm predicting that. So I'm by, they have to stay healthy, but but I do believe that that Blake may be the first, may, may be the first offensive lineman taken in the draft, and and here's why I've, I've been watching him I've been watching him all summer because he's been out at the okay. camps, he just keeps getting bigger and stronger, and this is a guy that played quarterback in high school, 
So his feet and his <laughs> oh, hands and his skill level for a guy that's six foot eight and weighs close to 320 pounds is off the charts. He's a freak of nature. He's going to have a phenomenal season. I yes. think he goes in the top 12. He's a beast. I think he goes in the top 12. On to some basketball. Alex Barcelo is with the Toronto Raptors Summer League team. Yoli Childs with the Utah Jazz's Summer League roster. Which of those players, Alex Barcelo or Yoli Childs, has the best chance to get a camp invite with their NBA team? This is this is a hard one. And I'm going to go just slightly better chance for Alex. Okay, why? Because he's a shooter? Because he can shoot. And, and, I, and I think that the teams are always like, is there somebody we can count on that when our – when our guys break down the defense and kick it, they can consistently make shots. The other thing is, is I think Alex is is tough. He's tough enough to defend, even though he's undersized from a height perspective. He's so strong that he'll bump people off of the route. He'll do he'll do the the things that you have to do to be physical to go out and defend. Mm-hmm. But, but mostly because I think the shooting gets him an opportunity, probably. Dude, so. he he is an elite shooter. When you have Jay Billis and others hopping on the Billis bandwagon to say that Alex Barcelo is the best, best shooter. shooter in college basketball, it's not surprising that it, he's in a summer league situation. And I think you're right. I'm, I'm with you. Like, Yoli's awesome. And Yoli has mm-hmm. drastically improved his outside shooting. He's trying to become that stretch player. Right. Alex is already there as an elite shooter. I think he's got a little bit of a better chance to get into a summer, like an actual camp invite. Hey, and, and if Alex was 6'5", with his same skill set, and that's a lot of ifs, right? If you're 6'4", even, he's an NBA starter. That's how good he shoots the basketball. Woo. So, Okay, next. what What's what's high on your hoops priority list this okay. summer? Or which, which is high? The Cougars in the basketball tournament, TBT, the basketball tournament, um, or Cougars in the NBA Summer League. Okay. So you got Zimmer, uh, Jimmer. Okay. That's a combination of Zimmer and Zach. Zimmer. Yes, you Zimmer. got Zimmer. <laughs> got Zimmer in this thing. Frank Bartley the fourth is 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 uh in the in TBT and then Brandon Averett is also in so the So four, four former Cougars, Cougars in the basketball in tournament. In the basketball tournament. Okay. And and then we talked about Yoli and Alex being uh in Summer League. Which which draws your interest more? What's more it's higher? G- it's because it's Jimmer, Blaine. It's Jimmer. And like, Jimmer. anywhere Jimmer is playing basketball, like any BYU fan, any basketball fan for that matter, like we all gravitate to Jimmer. Yes. Like SportsCenter and ESPN and Fox Sports will all be tweeting about, oh, did you see what Jimmer did in TBT today? And he's playing for Floyd Mayweather's team, yeah, yeah. the money team. Like Jimmer and Floyd Mayweather and the money team, that to me is the blockbuster. That's, that's a that's a matchup made in promotional heaven, right? So, no, I I got to agree with you. Jimmer Fredette's going to be on the show tomorrow to talk about this. And, and I don't – other than other – than, the the guys that are former BYU guys are guys I know. I don't pay that much attention to the summer league, but I absolutely pay attention to the basketball tournament because it's fun. High it's so stuff. fun. So yeah, yes. for sure. The Daily Universe, BYU's student-run newspaper, pointed out in a recent article about the year the BYU women's sports collectively had: soccer, women's volleyball, basketball, and softball. <laughs> this is unbelievable. When it combined 117 wins to a combined 21 losses. Four teams, 117 and 21. What's the most impressive part about that record, Blaine? So you could pick individual sports um, and and, and point out just the the phenomenal play. I think the most impressive part is the combination of all of it. The, the, The statement that BYU women's sports, when people ask, is BYU ready to go into the Big 12? I look at that and I go, I'll tell you what, 
the women's athletic program is ready and then some yeah. to go compete immediately. So, so the most impressive part about that record to me is the that the, there's not a weak sport on the women's side. And then we, that that record doesn't even include the fact that Courtney Wayman just went out and won an NCAA <laughs> championship and broke the record by eight seconds and just qualified for the world championships. Yeah. And that the women's track team and the and the nationals finished ahead of what the ranking was. Number nine. Yeah, number nine. So it's a top 10 program. That's that's not in. Whitney in, Orton, cross country national champion. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, it's it's impressive. BYU's women's sports is ready to compete right now. Okay, again, and this is the most impressive part to me. People say, well, yeah, they won a bunch of games, but what do they do in the postseason? Oh, I don't know. Soccer went to the national championship yeah, exactly. for the first time ever. Uh, let's start there. Yeah. Women's volleyball back to another Sweet 16. Women's basketball got a six seed in the NCAA tournament. They lost that first game, but they earned a six seed. Right. Blaine, they they did amazing they did, they things. They did great things. And in track, the postseason. track finished in the top ten. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. So okay, former BYU kicker Andrew Mixon, we're just talking about it with James Jorgensen, scored a knockout 40 seconds into his fourth MMA fight this weekend. <laughs> he, he's he scored a Twitter shout out from Pat McAfee. We already we already mentioned that put up. Is it time to start respecting punters and kickers as athletes? Yeah. We, we always go, well, he's not really an athlete. No. See, we we have taken a stance in their defense. Yes. Brian Logan's not anywhere. And Brian Logan was the naysayer here. Brian says they're not kickers. Don't even talk about them. They're kickers. They're not athletes. athletes. Don't talk about them. These are athletes, people. Ryan Rico will beat the crap out of Brian Logan. (laughs) And you know what? And Jake Oldroyd might beat the crap out of him, too. So so that, I'm telling you, Brian is jacked, but my money is... On Ryan Rico and Jake, Jake Oldrick, current BYU punter and kicker. Yeah. I think Rico would throw Brian around like a rag doll. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could just see it in a fight. And then after <laughs> Rico takes care of Bilo, saying, punt this. BYU's changed the narrative. <laughs> their, their kickers and punters and long snappers and holders are big-time athletes. So, All right, coming up, a rising shout-out to a no longer bachelor. And will the additional football staff hires lead to more wins? Because that's what every BYU fan wants. Is it going to be more wins? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and old BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today. Welcome back to an energetic Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. We've had Jan Jorgensen on the program not only is he a former MMA fighter, but he's a guy that could step into the octagon right now, probably, go toe-to-toe with Andrew Mickelson. And he can go toe-to-toe with any of the BYU football defensive linemen, he, too, Blaine. He was really nice when we asked him that question. He looks the part. When we said, could you beat Andrew Mickelson, instead of saying, oh, I would knock him out so fast he wouldn't know what hit him. He was very kind. He just goes... Well, there's a reason there's weight classes, <laughs> which, which was a way of saying I am so much bigger and stronger than him. This, like, that would not be a challenge. But he didn't say that because Jan's too kind. Yes, Jan. He's, he's, so, so I'm not sure. Like, would he's Jan, a gentle giant. Would Jan Jorgensen beat the crap more out of Andrew Mickelson or would Ryan Rico beat the more crap out of Brian Logan? <laughs> That's my question. There's our poll question of the day. I, I think Rico would beat up Brian Logan more than Jan would beat up. Mickelson. Now I bring up Jan again because he is part <laughs> of these critical staff hires that BYU has been making under Kalani Satake. And they have expanded the staff now, we believe, to 41 full-time employees. Right. This goes everything from Kalani's personal assistant to the recruiting team to director of player personnel to defensive analysts. I mean, we, we've got all of this. 41 full-time employees. Now, just for 
a comparison factor. Alabama has 45 full-time employees on their football staff. 12 analysts. 45, okay? Texas has 47. Utah, 37. Baylor, 35. So has BYU now gotten on that? Are they fully into the Power 5 level? Yeah, I mean, here, here's and that's where BYU felt they 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 needed to be to be able to compete, and so this is going to give them. If you look at it, more, a couple, yeah, the question is why? Why do they need more, all a of these more numbers? Than Utah, a couple more than Baylor. Here's why: um, this as BYU is coming up through the ranks, um, each individual person, especially the coaching staff, is required to do more, and these coaches are doing way more than just coaching. So they're having to help break down film. They're having to voice over the film. They've got to be heavily involved in recruiting. And recruiting now is a, like it is a massive undertaking with social media and with regular contact during the times that you're allowed to contact and texting and all these things that you've got to be involved in. And when you have a support staff behind you that can help take some of that load away, that can go break down film the way you want it break down, that can voice over some of the stuff to the players, the things that, that you want done. That can do the outlier recruiting all things. That can do all of the social media stuff that maybe even can man your text for you a little bit to communicate with athletes and keep things going. Um, that can help set things up and, and, and coordinate all these things. All of that allows the coaches to be one-on-one with the players and have a bigger impact on game planning, specific game planning, and also on developing players. So taking players and having them actually reach their potential. And that's what these big programs have. The, the individual attention helps those players blossom and become better players. And, and this is what BYU is going to be allowed to do. If, if, if you know, Gennaro Guilford can just spend all of his time working technique and coaching these guys up and helping with scouting report and getting ready for games and doesn't have to worry about all that other stuff, the players are going to be better for it. And so that's where BYU's lacked in the past. To compete, that's where you've got to be. Um, and I, I love that BYU's saying, hey, listen, if we're going to go into the Big 12, we're not going to go in with, with less um, resources than the teams that we're going to compete yeah. with. We've got to be able to stand toe-to-toe in resources so that our players can be developed the way these players in, these, in, in the Big 12 are developed and we can compete on their level. I love it. I think it's a when you see those numbers, that tells you that BYU has a commitment. And, you know, in the short term um, – they're maybe not paying out what Baylor's paying out to all these positions, but but over time the plan is to get all of these guys up to the level of pay and the number of personnel, sure. so that BYU is a big time program in every sense of the word. And again, these numbers that we're giving you are based on the staff directories on the mm-hmm. team's home specific websites. So the 45 from Alabama, 47 from Texas, those are just the people that we see listed on their staff directory. I don't know if there are more there. I wouldn't be surprised if there hey, are more in Alabama ba- and Texas. Bama has 12 analysts, by the way. <laughs> so they have 12 analysts. BYU, I think, has maybe five now, Lujan. 12 analysts at, 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 at Bama. Yeah. Well, listen, you think it's working for them? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they're okay. So, so to give you a real-world <laughs> scenario, how nice would it be if you're an assistant coach at BYU? Let's say you're the linebacker's coach at BYU, and you've got – bunch of things you got to get taken care of just to get ready for the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's a Monday. You walk in, but you're trying to stay on top of recruiting. For you to be able to say to your director of recruiting and the personnel there and analysts, hey, I'm supposed to look at these four guys right here and get in contact with them. Can you just handle that for me so that I can just work on my game plan yep. for how in the world we're going to stop the run and we're going to stop these you know, slot receivers and get into the specifics of that. That is such an so advantage huge. So huge. for an assistant coach to be able to point to those people and say, can you handle that while I work on the actual game plan? And you can give to an analyst and you can say, listen, 
like I'm really concerned about third down defense with these guys in third and long. Can you go break out every third down play and bring me the tendencies and all that and come up with a plan? I love that. It's incredible. So, all right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. Yes. And who has earned the rise and shout out? Does it have anything to do with MMA? We'll see. Because we've talked a lot about that today. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and please subscribe, rate, and review. You can say whatever you want about fabulous Blaine Fowler, right? Yeah. That's the beauty of it. About the gash in the nose, about whatever you want. (laughs) Whatever you want to say. Our question of the day, where will BYU football improve the most from last season to the upcoming 2022 season? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. I do it all the time. Blaine, why don't you read it for us? This is at CougarA70 on Twitter says, in the win column. Ooh. 11 wins, including a bowl victory. You heard it first here. They will increase their third and fourth down stops via a healthy deep front seven, cleaning off my blue goggles and trying new recipes of blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN. Okay. 11, so he says on the win column, they're going to go to 11. 11 wins, including a bowl victory. So that 11 and 2, if we're counting the, That's the pretty bowl awesome. victory. Okay. You and I kind of had a consensus of 9 and 3 nine in the regular season. 9 and 10, the win a bowl game. 10. 10. Man. That's pretty – That's. Pretty positive. I like it. Okay. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It has nothing to do with MMA, believe it or not. As good as that was. It goes to our guy, Fred Warner, who got married over the weekend. Awesome. Congratulations, Fred. All pro Fred is now a married man. He and Sydney Hightower have uh, tied the knot. Hightower, of course, known for her appearance on season 24 of The Bachelor. <laughs> she got the best Bachelor of all, though, in Fred. Right? Are you kidding Handsome, me? Handsome, talented, and an all-around really awesome Yeah, guy. you think she's happy that things didn't work out with yeah. uh, the dude on ABC? This is so yeah. – Fred is so much better. Oh, my goodness. It's not even close. And this isn't fake. This is real. It's not even so close. very good. So. All pro Fred is all wed Fred. Let's right. go. <laughs> <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Jan Jorgensen, who, by the way, was fantastic. Unbelievable. And he's going to be great here. And, uh, hey, we're, we're sorry again to Dennis Pitta because we ran out of time again. And I know he likes to get on. The yeah. conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Use the hashtag BYUSN. Remember Facebook from remember, the good guys? I remember. Facebook. <laughs> uh, by the way, Dennis just moved to Orange County, so maybe he has time for us now that he's moved. For maybe. Blaine, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Mark Bellini. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Coops.